Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Deep in a patch of forest up in northern Maine, near to where my father once kept a small hunting camp, stands the remnant of an old stone fence. When last I saw it a number of years ago, it was covered in moss and leaves and was pretty much dilapidated, but still it stretched for quite a number of yards along the edge of a cedar swamp situated at least a mile or more from anywhere. My father had found that fence years before while hunting in those woods. He'd come across it one day while walking southeastward along a black-growth knoll on what might have been at one time some sort of tote road, a pathway that in fact led to what appeared to be an opening in the fence where at one time there might even have been a gate. For us spending time over the years at that camp in those woods, that old fence always served as something of a landmark for us to find our way from here to there and back again. We knew, for instance, that just beyond the fence, uphill to the east, there was a hardwood ridge. And if you went south from there, you'd have to go through some thick growth to where the St. John and Logan Brooks came together. It was a place where early in the morning we'd head off in different directions in our quest for deer and where we'd meet at the end of the day to head back to camp. It was also, for me at least, an endless source of fascination. I always wondered what this stone wall was doing out there in the middle of nowhere. Had there at one time been a home nearby? Or perhaps had we walked to what was once the edge of somebody's farmland? Maybe the fence was there to keep the farmer's cows from wandering into the cedar swamp. Who knows? In my imagination, the possibilities were endless. And for years, I speculated on whatever happened to that place now enveloped by forest. And for that matter, what might have happened to the people who had once lived there and who had built that fence to begin with? A few years ago, I actually had occasion to see a map of that very area that had been drawn up well over a hundred years ago. And come to find out, the old tote road that led to the stone fence had, at that time, been a main highway, so to speak, that ran between the villages of Sherman Mills and Silver Ridge. The main road is now several miles to the north and east, and an area where there was once acres of field and farmland is now nothing but dense forest. What happened, I still don't know. The road moved and the people moved with it, I guess. But eventually all that remained was this old stone fence and the nearly forgotten memory of a time and of a people long gone. Nonetheless, it always seemed to me a marvel and something of a parable that even all those years later, that which remains still served a purpose. A small legacy, to be sure, and perhaps one unintentional, but one certainly important for that small group of hunters who used to travel through those woods. Right about now in our congregation, we are in the midst of our annual stewardship campaign during which we're reflecting on the many ways that God has blessed us as a church while looking to support the work of the church in the coming year. Needless to say, a deep concern for stewardship is an essential piece of our life together as a family of faith. And I have to say that over the years as a pastor of several congregations of differing sizes, shapes, and attitudes, I've seen a wide array of approaches in addressing that concern. 
However, I can also say in that time, I've also discovered that no matter what the approach happens to be in any given congregation, in the end, a basic stewardship campaign tends to have two components that are usually at work at the same time. First, there's the immediate concerns for the church's work, the nuts and bolts, as it were, the things that are required to keep that church and its ministries up and running. Amongst a great many things, it's heat and lights in the church sanctuary, curriculum for a Sunday school, and yes, in the interest of full disclosure, even the cost of having a pastor. This is all about the necessary effort of trying to meet a budget that will hopefully encompass and support everything a church has envisioned itself to be in the year ahead. These days, this alone is a challenge for just about every congregation out there, regardless of its size or tradition. And yet I have to say that most of these same churches embrace the challenge joyfully, boldly, and with all of faith. And this is largely because of the second component of your basic stewardship effort. And it's the fervent desire on the part of the church, our calling, if you will, to do what we can to provide a legacy of faith and spiritual formation for the next generations of our congregation to provide spiritually for the children who currently populate the front pew during a children's ministry on a Sunday morning, the same children who will someday grow up and be moved to bring their own kids to learn about God and Jesus and what it means to truly love one another as Christ has loved them. This is our understanding, as recipients of all the many blessings that God bestows, that we not only have this opportunity but also the responsibility to be a blessing for others, most especially for those who will follow in our faithful footsteps, months and years and even generations from right now. What's that old adage about how we plant trees for those who are born later? Well, likewise, as disciples, our focus is not merely about the things we have to do here and what we have to do right now for the work of the church though that is certainly of utmost importance. It's also about purposely laying the groundwork for a legacy of faith that continues long after you and I have passed from this part of the journey of life and living. This is certainly a double challenge for us as good stewards of the church, especially given these days of economic and cultural uncertainties that all too often seem to wreak havoc on the traditions that we hold dear as the church. And yet I can't help but marvel at how even now God works with all that we have together as a family of faith and even more so with all that we do to create a lasting legacy for the future. Alas, right now we can only imagine the shape and form of that legacy. But rest assured that by God's grace, what we're building by faith and commitment will remain long after we're gone. And that's it for another installment of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry. I thank you for listening today. And until next time, may God bless you with a great day. Talk to you soon.